All right, welcome to Copywriting Course. My guest today is Eric Bandholtz. He runs Beardbrand, used to be a financial advisor, a graphic designer, then started Beardbrand eight, nine years ago, which sells in the very high millions of dollars worth of beard and hair care products, primarily for men, I believe. Um, and as cool as that is, I think the thing you've done the most is that you've become a barbershop owner. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah. welcome to the show, man. Yeah, we talked about the barbershop bit uh, like three years ago, and we finally made it made it happen like a couple months ago. So. I remember at the mancation we went to a long time ago, you were talking about it because it was kind of an expensive endeavor, and it sounded like it wasn't going to be profitable or anything. But yeah, we should uh, we should do a plug for your little video where you did a parody. I've been of... growing out my beard just for this. <laughs> People go, why is your beard so long? I'm just like, I've been growing it out for a beard brand interview. Got the shirt and everything. So your, your Twitter... Your Twitter says you are a husband, father, entrepreneur, YouTuber, world traveler, gamecock, capitalist, founder of beer brand, and purveyor of bad jokes. And uh, speaking of bad jokes, bro, that haircut, that mullet. Oh, burn. <laughs> yeah, you look like someone deep throated a corn dog on a Ferris wheel and you popped out. <laughs> that is a bold haircut, buddy. Yeah, man. Okay, well, so the reason we have you here today is because uh, your content game is on point, and I'm jealous, and I'm trying to figure out how you do what you do without doing all the work. Uh, so your main YouTube has 1.6 million subscribers. You've got another YouTube channel with 100 plus thousand subscribers, a network of ambassadors, each with hundreds of thousands of subscribers, Instagram, 200,000-ish followers or something like that. Um, how are you doing it so well? Like, is there a mentality you think of it as? What is the what is the the logic behind all the social stuff? Yeah, I would say the reason we're doing it well is because we're just willing to suffer for very long periods of time, <laughs> which I feel like you have to do in the the world of content because your early stuff is never going to be viewed. So you're creating content, you know, for your own joy, and then like with enough content, you eventually get this this uh, snowball effect. And you're able to kind of build on it and have enough data to understand what people want and then be able to create content for, for what people are interested in. So in the beginning, were you just making videos for yourself? Dude, the beginning, the, the videos were terrible. I mean. Why that, did you start the YouTube channel? Uh, I, I didn't actually. So if we, we take a time machine all the way back to, uh, it would have been February of 2012. I, uh, I had the idea for Beard Brand as this idea to, to unite all the, the urban beardsmen around there i told my buddy john reisinger and he's like oh yeah man that's a great idea he's like a typical ideas guy like entrepreneur and uh, he was all bought into the idea and he's like oh we're going to do this and what we're going to do is we're going to like show the world how to build a brand in 100 days or something so he created the i think he created the youtube channel and we did like a tumblr page and a blog and all this tumblr, stuff wow yeah yeah that's how that's how long we've been around <laughs> And uh, so I think he created like the first couple of videos. And of course, like those videos are terrible because he doesn't have a beard. <laughs> and uh, I created like one video that's like how to grow a beard. And I just like rambled on for like, I don't know, five minutes or something. And that video ended up getting like 100,000 views. And I'm like, oh, maybe we're onto something here. But if, if that one video didn't hit at all, then it's very likely that we would have no YouTube channel at all. So it's just kind of very serendipitous that we realize there's opportunity on YouTube uh, in those early days. Um, so one thing I noticed about a lot of your videos, because I do watch a lot of them. You have so many. I can't watch all of them. It's like Rogan. I watch like 10, 20 percent, which is pretty good. Uh, your messaging often isn't about just beards. It's rather it's it's actually about confidence. Yeah. So I, I watch your ads. You have that one ad with the the 
the the pictures in front of your face. Oh yeah, yeah. One of the best ads I've ever seen. I'll try to link it over here. Uh, fantastic. But you talk about confidence heavily. Is is that important? Because uh, I feel like it's. I would make videos just like beards are like this. Yeah. You talk about like a deeper thing. Is well, that purposeful? Yeah, or? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if it's purposeful or not, but it's more of just like an extension of, of my own journey and like not having confidence to, to grow a beard out. When I graduated college, everyone told me to shave a beard if you're, if you want to get a job and then like going into the workforce and trying to look a certain way. And like, for me, like the whole reason I was able to grow a beard was because I finally developed the confidence to rock it. And, uh, especially in, in our world in terms of like business, entrepreneurship, sales, doctors, lawyers, there's always this pressure to look a certain way. Hmm. It's when we started, especially back in 2012, that- uh, Beards really, weren't as popular. Yeah, yeah, not no, no, no. Like you could not wear facial hair in the business environment uh, when I grew my beard out in 2011. Like it's just, you would get so much shit for it. Huh. So uh, I just wanted to help people with that, like just help them. And, and it's all in here, right? It's really not here because this is just- What's the difference between hair growing out of your face and growing up on the top of your head? Like, just the location. But, but is is that was that a crucial part of why your channel grew so big? Because it was about that emotional step, or do you think that had some part? Yeah, with it? I, I think a lot of guys resonated with like the bigger mission of what we're trying to do. To, to you know, our tagline: keep on growing to become a better version. I think a lot of people. Great tagline, though. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's really good. <laughs> good copywriting. That's really good. Um. It, it, w- we can talk about all of our, our trademarks because I'm quite proud of, of all of them. But um, yeah, I, I just feel like um, in today's world, 2020 especially, like you, a lot of guys are losing their tribe, right? You know, uh, churches are kind of going out the window and, you know, like where is your community? And a lot of guys are trying to find that community that they've lost that maybe existed with, uh, you know, what were they called? The, the Shiners? clubs that yeah the guys would join <laughs> and there's a bunch hats. of men's clubs historically and and a lot of those kind of kind of eroded over the years so online being able to connect with other people with similar outlook on the life uh, has been probably beneficial for for our community huh that's that's really interesting yeah I, i've talked to a lot of people who do social media pretty well and they always they're like neville what do you what is like your mission your purpose what you're trying to say and i'm like i don't know i just run a copywriting company they're yeah. like that's not good enough and so, so I always found it interesting that you always talk about confidence and stuff instead of just beards. Yeah, I that's, mean, because because really cool. reality, you can't have a good beard without that confidence. You can't you can't do so much in life without your mind being in the right spot. So, hmm. uh, yeah, that's a big. So part. it's about beards, but about something much bigger than that. The beard. Yeah, just yeah I mean, self invest. It's about like loving the guy who looks back at you in the mirror. That's ah. what we like to say. So, like, once you can really love that guy, and for a lot, the catalyst is grooming, right? Just the act of. Uh, that daily ritual of looking good. But for some other people, it could be exercise or diet or, you know, like bowling or whatever. But um, you've got to find whatever that catalyst is. And for our customers, for our audience, you know, beard care, grooming is that catalyst to, to start loving the person they are. I'm going to take a quick tangent on that. So the community aspect, community is kind of interesting. Like we have our own community that we do and it's really fun and you get to meet all these people online and stuff like that. Do you all have like a community aspect to Beard Brand? Yeah. So uh, our second channel is called Beard Brand Alliance. Uh, uh-huh. The Alliance is kind of like the community for us. So we have a private uh, message board uh, built on uh, Discourse. Discourse? Yep. Yeah, Discourse. And um, you can get in there for like a one-time fee for 90 bucks or if you purchase from us for uh, three times 
uh, you can get access to that free of charge. So. Have you seen this thing? Like, oh, we have our own community. I think every course is going to have like a community within two or three years. That's the way things are going. Um, have you noticed that people talk about beards, but they end up talking about deeper stuff in there? Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe deeper stuff, but also more surface level stuff. Like there's a post on like ping pong, playing ping pong. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just like being able to connect with other like-minded people. You end up uh, resonating with them. So there's posts on you know, barbecue and guns and, you know, uh, of course, grooming and, and growing your beard out. It just deviates from beards so much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Huh, that's super interesting. So um, a lot of people will put stuff out on social media across all the platforms, just kind of randomly, including myself. Um, what are some of the core concepts in social media that you follow? Like, am I thinking about this too hard? Do you think, do you think logically about how you put stuff out or what you put out or do y'all just put out a bunch of crap and hope for the best? Uh, a little of both. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I think, uh, so what we try to do is really understand the platform and what type of content will resonate with the, the people on those platforms. So YouTube content tends to be a little bit longer form. You're talking, you know, 12 to 18 minutes long. Uh, Instagram is going to be a little bit shorter, you know, like that minute to minute and a half. So you just got to be kind of quick and snappy. And then, um, Twitter is all about like the conversations. So you're getting away from video and, and trying to foster conversations and interact with people. So it's really understanding those platforms. And then once you understand the platform, you can start to shape the content to be able to perform well, uh, on the various channels that you're, you're interacting with. I noticed sometimes you get, you break away from the core beard stuff. So there's one video in particular I'm thinking about, but I don't go too deep into it because it's actually pretty heavy, but it's all miscarriages oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and that you and your wife went through and you put out a, a beautiful video about it. I almost cried watching that. And there were a tremendous amount of views and comments on that. Yeah. Um, how's that fit into the beard? Why'd you post that there? Was Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of it is making men awesome is our mission, right? So uh, uh, for anyone out there who's dealt with infertility, you know, it's a really quiet thing that people internalize a lot. It's, there's not a lot of transparency. And I figure as a, a person with uh, an audience, a large audience, I've got the ability to kind of share our story and to be that guinea pig for the world really and, and open up so that other people can relate and be able to share their stories or be able to connect or be able to understand that they're not alone and going through uh, the challenging times that they may be going through. So, um, you know, a lot of things, I, I'm just okay. Like, uh, you know, like you can stab me or poke me or whatever, <laughs> like all those roasts, like I can handle it. You know, I've, I've been an online gamer. I've heard it all. Like, uh, so it doesn't bother me to, to be vulnerable. Uh, and I've had some terrible comments like on, on that post too, you know? Oh, like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh know, like God. infertility or, or IVF has some, so, you know, some very religious people would, you know, say you're killing these embryos and, you know, oh, whatever. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. Well. so it's like, okay, well, but I can handle that. Right. You know, yeah. like, uh, uh, so that's why I do it. But yeah, it is like, you know, becoming a better version of yourself. Like we believe that like when you love the person and looking back at you in the mirror, then you can share that love for your family, right. Or share it for your coworkers or your bosses, or your employees. And then you share it with your community. And like you become that like pillar of strength for your little environment. And then if we can build like hundreds of thousands or even millions of pillars of strength um, with our, our audience, with our customers, then we're gonna make the world a better place through a grassroots effort rather than this like top down, you know, forcing everyone to, to act a certain way or passing some kind of policy. We believe we can just make people better and that's gonna make society better. 
God, that's that's so good. You have like you. There's such a bigger mission there. I, I gotta hate that word mission, but yeah. that's, no, I guess that's we are kind very, of what it is. We are very mission focused, and it's funny because like, uh, like very recently, there's another company that's like mi- mission focused, uh, Coinbase. I don't know if you're following. Oh yeah, something. I love them. And uh, they kind of talked about how they wanted to focus on their mission, and you know, like politics related around their missions. Okay to talk about, but don't don't like get involved in all these other things that are really distracting you from mm-hmm. their mission. And you would think that would be, you know, everyone would be on board with that, but they got flack for that too, because tons, uh, yeah, yeah, tons of it. So, yeah. I mean, it's hard to, to really be mission focused because so many people are trying to divert you from your mission. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay, cool. I, I love that. Uh, switch topics slightly onto writing. So okay. it's kind of my specialty. And <laughs> In addition to being good at social media, like, uh, of course, through all my spying, you also kill it at content marketing. I think there's some, like, silent killers out there in the content marketing world, and y'all totally kill it. I mean, you're like Alexa 50,000-plus site, which for people's reference is pretty big. Uh, from what I know, y'all make, like, two hundred to 400,000 organic-only visits per month, if not more. Uh, that's from my little spy tools, what your analytics say. Who knows? Um did y'all go down that content marketing path originally, or did y'all start with paid, or, or how did y'all start out? Yeah, man, content? I'm a, I'm a Beard Vince bootstrapped, and we started, I mean, we legit started zero. Uh, I don't have rich parents. Mm-hmm. I've got, you know, middle class parents, but they mm-hmm. didn't give me anything. Mm-hmm. So it was just a grind from day number one. And uh, when you uh, start off and you have no money, you do the things that you have time for. So time is social media, creating videos, and organic content you know mm-hmm. so that's how we essentially started was blogging and and youtube and tumblr and because uh, we had no money we couldn't buy ads you know so uh, again no, no real strategy it's just the only option we had just putting out stuff yeah what what role does like consistency play in putting things out yeah going back to what i said earlier is suffering man you just got to suffer for, <laughs> for long periods of time like if you're willing to suffer uh, and produce the type of content you need to be successful, then you will see the results. But if you're not willing to suffer, if you expect to, to post an article up and get a thousand visits a day from it, uh, you know, you're not huh. going to make it. You're not going to make it really because it, it is a grind, like a two or three or sometimes like four year grind to, to really start seeing traction. That's that's amazing. And so in terms of writing, so e-com stores are kind of interesting when it comes to writing. Um, how do you write product descriptions? So you got all the stuff. I think you have some of your stuff like oh, yeah. behind you, all that thing. Like, how do you write a product description? Is it factual and to the point, or is it emotional? No, we, we we try to tell a story. Like, um, for instance, we got Old Money here. Old Money uh, was a product that uh, was inspired by my time as a child going to the Biltmore Estate. Uh, I don't know if you know the Biltmore. Yeah. It was built by uh, not Cornelius Vanderbilt, but his kid, like William, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the largest like private house, and they opened it up to the public. So I went there as a kid, and I remember going into like this game room, and it could be completely different, but it's just like how it is in my head. This game room with like these uh, billiards tables, and you know these uh, like floor to ceiling kind of like velveteen carpets, and you know how they get that kind of like peppery smell to them mm-hmm. over time, and then like. They had like wood paneling and they had like these leather uh, chairs and just kind of like the bourbon and the cigars. And it's like, I want to bottle that memory in my head. Uh, and then we came up with the name Old Money as a way. Uh, it was, to me, the name Old Money was more about the dichotomy of like a, a bearded dude who's like fashion forward. And like just, you know, you want to think of Old Money as being this like bearded, stylish guy. 
and we wanted to like shift the perception of what old money meant and uh and then also of course you know to the actual old money of uh the Biltmore Estates. Is is that on the page? That story? I hope so or or like elements of it should be on there. Holy crap. Um wow. or at least I tell it in my videos and uh whenever I talk to people. But every almost every fragrance with a name like Tree Ranger has a story. Uh Four Vices has a story. Temple Smoke has a story. Um now, do people actually read these stories? Or is it just kind of just like marketing bullshit coming? I mean, they're they're real stories. Like they're like Tree Ranger. Uh, the story behind that is uh, I was drinking with one of my buddies up in Washington, and uh, he's a forester for Washington State, mm -hmm. and we're drinking beers, having a good time, and uh, maybe I had a couple too many beers. I couldn't remember what he did. Like I, for the life of me, I could not remember the word forester, and I was just struggling for like minutes trying to come up. I'm like, what the? And they're all laughing. They're not telling me what he does. I'm like, what are you like, some kind of tree ranger or something like that? <laughs> And uh, so the name, I was just like, well, that's a, that's a pretty cool name, like Tree Ranger. Like, and I Google it, like no one's ever said the Tree Ranger before in like the history of mankind. It's been like used in a sentence, but never like Tree Ranger. And uh, so we bought all the domains. We got like treeranger.com and got the product name there. And it was like our best-selling product in the, the Silver Line. So That's a great, and I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of like uh, logical explanation to it in the product description too. Like, Yeah, so it's all like, like, we got... Uh, crap ton of trees in there <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> we got eu eucalyptus and pine and cedar and that's yeah. a really interesting way of thinking of something of like writing a product description yeah and I, you think about fragrance fragrance is hard like how are you going to know what something smells like and to me like you have to evoke this kind of imagery of what it is rather than be like oh yeah it's got pine notes and lemon notes and da -da -das. and it's just like how do you even know that you're like oh i like sandalwood it's got sandalwood in it i want to like it and uh, you can't really do that. You know what? It, you know what it kind of reminds me of. Uh, there's like Bill Gates and then there's Steve Jobs. Both are similar guys. Yeah. They have very different approaches. I don't think one's any better or different than the. It's just it is what it is. But Bill Gates is very analytical, and I feel like he would describe a fragrance as like it comes in eight ounces. Yeah. It has this. It has a yeah, sense of features. this. Yeah. The features. It's a little bit more how I am. Yeah. And there's a there's like the Steve Jobs, which kind of reminds me of you. Where he's like you're kind of like a naturally kind of cool guy, and you you talk in those different stories rather than the features yeah so i mean for a reference here's here's how we describe it uh, breathe deep that's the smell of old money with notes of age oak black pepper and amber this is a rich and complex scent that evolves as it's worn throughout the day and our most potent scent blend is a fragrance set is at home surrounded by rich mahogany your favorite worn leather chair a glass of whiskey and a cigar a luxurious eau de parfum will ensure that you smell as awesome as you feel and then we say how to do it so i mean that's our our description for it Huh. Really a little feel now mike our copywriter uh-huh um you know like fortunately we've got a, a team of 15 and one of them is a copywriter he mm -hmm. is um he's like the best copywriter like for our brand that i think you could ever have like well, when you just, say like best copywriter for your brand like what does that what does that mean that means like the way he just speaks naturally is just on brand like mm -hmm. he doesn't have to convert anything about him all he has to do is talk mm -hmm. and it's it's on brand and it's just like it's magical and he's like a he's a pun uh a pun like master pun master like like he could anything you say he's got a pun quicker uh than you can imagine i i previously held that title and then he came on board and i'm like ah, no go to mike we have a friend named paul and we call him pun paul because he's got the puns and yeah i we all think we're good at dad jokes and then there, you meet someone who's really good and you're like i yeah i secede the title yeah mike is mike is that way so we got a well, this product right here, uh, deodorant coming out. And he's like, yeah, I got like three pit references in there. And I'm like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my kind of email. 
dude, I, your haircut's hilarious, by the way. Every time I look at it, you look like if a Chevy Tahoe was a person. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, got, I got a couple lo- locked and loaded over here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's go. Okay. Obviously, the, one of the a fascinating part about you, like, even whenever you're talking to people, like, in social circles, and someone mentions that you have, like, a million, like 1.6 million something YouTube subscribers. Right. It's always kind of like this fascination. It's like the new celebrity. Um, I, I kind of want to ask some basic questions, and I'll go a little bit deeper. But what is your cadence for putting out content? Is it as fast as you can create it? Is there like a schedule? Is it every Monday at one p.m.? Like, what yeah, is that? I mean, I uh, we had to to scale back a little bit because of uh, the product of the times and the things that are happening yeah, in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we, we we dropped our our large channels producing two videos a week. Now it was producing three videos a week, mm-hmm. and then our alliance channels producing three videos a week. So we're aiming for. The goal is to aim for six videos a week between the two channels. And then each of those videos will be recut or re-edited for, you know, Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that. To so you repurpose all the content? Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you mind sharing, like, how many roughly do you get out of each video? Or does it depend? Or Yeah. So, I mean, every video will go on Facebook and Instagram, probably even Twitter. I don't know if they put on Twitter. Tw- Twitter is our smallest account, so we, uh-huh. don't, we don't put too much focus in that. That's just kind of your fun account. Yeah. You and then we, we also produce, like you talked about the ads, we're producing ad content as mm-hmm. well. And we're doing like story stories as well. So just like kind of native uh, content on Instagram. And uh, yeah, we, I mean, we produce a crap ton. Of, it, it's produce as much content as we can. And then we have the mentality of uh, progress over perfection. So we're okay pushing something to the public that's not perfect to be able to to get the responses of the the, the people who view it and get get those adjustments mm-hmm. um i think so many people try to produce perfect content that they never produce it so uh let's get the next one better is our mentality rather than oh this one's a little bad let's delete it and re-upload it da, 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 you know okay so i've gone through this whole thing of like having nicer cameras like a dslr for my webcam yeah. and stuff like that because i wanted to start my computer and be able to record a video um, it makes a massive difference. Oh yeah. And you did something that you took a step further. You built a goddamn barbershop. <laughs> I mean, y- y'all do a lot of haircut videos for reference for people yeah. who don't know. And I remember you telling me uh, during Billy's man cage, and shout out Billy Murphy. Um, and, and you were talking about like, it would cost a lot of money. I don't know if the barbershops, I don't know how much money that's going to make compared to the business. But you said you had a big problem with going to other barbershops and filming, which was they'll play noise in the background. Mm-hmm. There'll be people talking. There'll be other people that maybe don't want to be on a YouTube video or something like that. Yeah. And so you built your own barbershop. Can you tell me about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, uh, we're kind of in a unique position in the barbering world in the sense that the, the barbershop doesn't necessarily have to make money. It's a studio though, right? No, it's a, bar- it's a proper barbershop. But it has like studio lighting and stuff like that in it? No. I mean, it's got really bright lights for the barbers but uh-huh. no nah, i mean it's it's pretty much like a barbershop oh, you, okay. you'll see it uh coming up for your uh, yeah your with trim. big chris yeah okay. yeah yeah and uh we, we've got three barbers in there and i want to get up to like six barbers but i want to create like kind of a like a community aspect like a cheers uh kind of vibe to the community so people can get to know the people and have a little more personalities built into the content and then, as you said, like, we'll be able to turn off all the copyright music that we'd get flagged on for the other barbershops. And uh, we'll probably still maintain those other relationships that we've established with with various barbers around the world. But it's, it's being able to, to really control our environment a little bit more and uh, level up uh, the type of content that we want to produce. So uh, how long has it been running, the barbershop? What, what month are we on? September? Yeah. October. So like two months. 
Oh, just two months. Yeah. Have you noticed? I mean, it might be a little too early, but have you noticed like a return on investment? Maybe not money wise, but kind of socially or like I'm going to go hang out there yeah. pretty soon with you. Um, Catherine's coming too. Yeah. So it's like a hangout. Like, it, has it returned in that way? In I mean, it's, it, it's a work in progress because it's, <laughs> it's essentially like a brand new product launch or like a brand new blog. Imagine that you do a brand new blog, uh -huh. you write one article. Is it a, a party on that blog after that one article? You know, or two months of writing content. Oh, there's something different about a physical space that you can come hang out with, like a barbershop. Like yeah. back in the day, like you just go hang out at the barber. So I, uh, well, to answer your question is like we haven't really been promoting it, uh -huh. uh, like we should. But now that we have it in the atmosphere, we're starting to do email blasts. I'm starting to tell you, like my my tweet yesterday was just like we've been working out the kinks. We've been getting plants in there. We've been like painting the walls. Like we've We've been trying to get it like more and more presentable mm -hmm. and get it to the point where like more of the general public can come in and hang out. But I do want to have that place where you can go hang out, grab some coffee, you know, drink a whiskey, something like that. Shoot the shit with the barber while you're there. Um, unfortunately, like with with the element of the times, there's restrictions <laughs> on, on uh, you know, how much human interaction that you can get. Mm -hmm. But we'll uh, as that continues to, to loosen up and open up, then we'll continue to to make it easier for people to, to hang out there. Yeah. For some reason, I think that's one of the coolest things. Um, any downsides to having something like that? Yeah. Like, I mean, um, you're losing money, <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially in the startup, you know, because uh, how we decided to build out the barbershop is basically we want our uh, barbers to, to rent the chairs and they set their own prices. So each barber will be different price. Um, and that goes to our core values, freedom, hunger, and trust. Like we want the people who work there to really feel like they're in ownership of the success of their, their careers. Uh, so I think that's a little bit different than like, um, the, the chain kind of barbershops where mm -hmm. everything's going to be the same price and they try to productize it. You can't productize barbers, man. Like every barber is different. They all have different skills. They have different personalities. And, uh, we want that to be reflected in the shop so that, um, you can start to build relationships with the barbers who you resonate with. And, um, but they're also cool enough to like, they don't care if you go to big Chris or they go to Bob or go to Justine, like, mm -hmm. you know, like they're, they're brothers. It's, it's kind of like, they're all hungry together. Um, so as, it's, sorry, go ahead. no, no, it's just like the details that you think about as you open up something completely different. Mm -hmm. The other nice thing is like, we do now have like a retail presence where we can have customers come in you know, explore the products in person and, uh, yeah, like not have that anywhere else. Like if you're online and you're really on the fence and you want to smell it first, you can come into the barbershop and experience it and then, you know, go with your favorite. Well, also, if you want to film a video and put out 20 videos a week, you could film all these haircuts and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah just finding 20, 20 haircuts is the hard part. You know, there you, you run into like different, um, what's it called? Like, uh, bottlenecks uh, uh -huh. with the production you know so now we got the barbershop we can just literally all the mm -hmm. we, we can take the gear right over there mm -hmm. you know plug into the mic to the barber and to the client and just start recording you know do so, you have everything set up so that comes in my next time that you have like a team of people making youtube videos like editors all that kind of stuff yeah so i have a full-time editor as well and then uh I just have, one guy he's doing all that yeah yeah wow. and he's he's loaded out so yeah like like we got tons of and so much content, you know, like I could probably use another editor mm -hmm. or a part-time editor. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we have uh, someone on our ad team who essentially creates the content for ads as well. So she is creating, um, uh, she's editing up ads 
video ads for uh, advertisement, but she'll also be the camera person uh, for a lot of stuff. So yeah, man, it's a full team. And then, uh, so yeah, that's, that's pretty fascinating. And and that's your main marketing channel, YouTube? Like, yeah, so how- YouTube's driving about 40%. But we did a post-purchase survey. We asked people, how did you first hear about Beardbrand? And 40% of our customers first heard about us through YouTube. Wow. So if you think about that, that's, uh, you know, multi-million dollars. And have you ever done like a break? I don't know if you even can, but like the people who found you through YouTube, do they buy more or something like that? Do you know? Um, that? I'm sure I could do a breakdown, um, but I don't, I don't know what it is. So do you, what, what along the, like if we can start talking e-commerce, another question we ask is like, why did you buy from beard brand? And then the answers are our value prop proposition. So like I bought from beard brand to instant confusion, which is like one of our value props. Um, and then, uh, you know, because, um, you have cool personalities or, or because I like the education or the content or whatever. So we do like the different things that make beard brand unique from a value proposition. And then based on that, we could see what the AOV is, how much people are spending based on the value prop. Uh-huh. And then that will help us when we're marketing to say, Hey, you know, instant confusion, because we know that person is going to spend twice as much as the person who, you know, wants the, the most bang for the buck and they're going to spend like you know, a quarter of what that person spends. So there's interesting things like that where you can really kind of refine your messaging to your audience based on uh, those post-purchase surveys. That's amazing. Um, do you get recognized on the street for your YouTube videos? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like uh, every single day, but uh, even in my neighborhood, someone someone called me out and he's like, oh, yeah, or he mentioned the same video you mentioned. Well, it's probably not many six foot seven dudes rocking the tiger tiger king look well, like I, 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 well the, so a couple of things is one i don't think people realize how tall i am yeah uh, on camera they will see me in person and just kind of get blown this away. is this is movie magic right here <laughs> yeah. that i am the same height as you this, I, my chair is like a high chair and yours is like way down to the floor <laughs> um and then i change my looks so much right so if they caught one of my old videos they may just see me with a buzz cut and a big old beard and then now that i've got the the mullet and the beard stash they're like eh, that's probably not him so I think changing my style a lot probably. It is wild how different you look with the beard, like the, the long beard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what's fun. I mean, that's what I enjoy with style and grooming is just trying all these different styles. Change up the face. Yeah. I do like that about being a guy. Like, if this isn't good, you could just cover it up. Yeah. Well, not only that, like, as a guy, like, when we lose it up here, you just start to grow it out here. Go like, grow it down here. Like, women, you know, any women who's dealing with hair loss, they don't have that option. But we're like, oh, yeah, you know, just shave it off. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever thought about doing like an infomercial or QVC style video? Dude, man, like I got a story to tell you about this. Yeah. So I got a I got hit up from an email. Like we've we've reached out to QVC before in the past. We've sold on QVC.com uh, or whatever online, but mm-hmm. we never did like a live segment with them. So I got an email um, from H- HSN. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm all stoked. I'm like, oh yeah, man, let's do it. Let's fly out. Let's be a be on hsn and like i was totally jacked it was like super stoked about this because i feel like i'm i'm natural in the element i love being live i can i can roll the the punches handle all that stuff and then um in prepping for it uh, i'm i've brought my business partner on who does our wholesale stuff and she's looking at the email and she's like this is hsm (laughs) home shopping marketplace which is like some like sketchy cable like pay for view thing i'm like oh my god so anyways uh, i would love to do that but we haven't really done that we are doing a a promo for the holidays i don't know if i should talk about this or not but who cares um 
We're doing like the 10 days of Christmas, not Christmas, 10 days of holidays or whatever. Uh So we have uh, products that we didn't sell completely out of that are like old or discontinued products that are still great products. They're just like old packaging or uh, old designs that uh, we'll be selling. So we'll be doing uh, a happy hour, a one hour happy hour live stream on YouTube where we'll talk about the products and then of course talk about other stuff as well. So have you ever done something like that? No, no, no. So this will be first person. I'm super curious to see how that goes. Yeah. I think you're going to crush it on that. Yeah. We've done a live stream before. So I've got a little bit of experience with that, but I've never done it where we kind of integrate like, here you go. You can only get this for today when it's out. Well, it's out. Yeah, 1.6 million YouTube subscribers. How much does like a QVC or something get on an average watch? 300,000 people? Yeah, I, I think it's different because um, QVC, like the people who are watching that are expecting to buy things, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're consumers. That's true. Whereas um, our community is more, I would say they're not passionate mm-hmm. about barbering and haircuts or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you, you tend to get people who watch it, who enjoy it. And they'll watch a lot of the content uh, as it gets suggested to them, but they're not the type to like, you know, subscribe and comment and interact and like they're not like fanboys, if that makes sense. So we got like a more laid back. Like, when's the last time you commented on a, a haircut video? I don't really comment on them too often, right? Exactly. But I watch a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, you're a perfect example of of our audience, where like you're not really passionate about the cuts. You just enjoy watching it you like to see the transformation it's got the asmr thing going yeah, on the a- yeah. a- a sensory it's it's where like you see someone getting a haircut so you think you are yeah is that what it means dude like in the next shaves like it always gives me like chills it's just i watch i remember <laughs> one time we're all hanging out in san francisco at a big apple tv and uh, i was just like let's just see what weird videos everyone watches and, and i pulled up i watch a lot of Indian street haircut videos. Oh, really? Where, because in India, like there's like these street haircut barbers. Well, they cut your hair fire but, in your ears and stuff. Uh, like all that. sorts of crazy unlicensed yeah. things. Yeah, for like 30 rupees, which is super cheap. Right. And we were on someone else's account and they were watching all of those also. And we're like, we watched the same, <laughs> like <laughs> the same weird videos. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's so much weird stuff on YouTube that you're like, how is this a channel? And then they have like 4 million subscribers. They're like, well, So one, but here's the interesting thing. There's this, there's this guy, you, you know, the Baba? That guy, mm-hmm. the Indian hair, uh, it, uh, he unfortunately passed away, but um, he did like the world famous like head massage. Oh, really? This guy became like a legit celebrity and people started like going to this little small town in India just to find him. Similarly with your videos, I watched some of the videos and I think of like the, the stylists as kind of like celebrities. Like I yeah. think I would pay more to go to them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we had stories uh, when we were filming in London, we would have people come in from like Abu Dhabi or UAE. And literally go to the barber in London. And I don't I don't wow. know if I, I think there's even people who flew specifically for that barber, like not tying it in with a business trip or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh so you do get you do get a lot of people who pass through town. They're like, Oh yeah, I'm in Austin, I wanna I wanna go there. That's uh, incredible. So that, it is it is yeah. pretty cool to be able to I, I, I remember specifically there was one uh Greg Brzezinski's son yeah. was getting a haircut and I was kind of trying to grow my hair out a little bit longer. And there was a, I forget her name, some lady. Andy. It, it, she, yeah. So she was the one, and she was, I remember hearing her talk very intelligently about why she was cutting the hair the way it was, and instead of just cutting it. Right. And I remember thinking, like, oh, she knows her stuff. I want to go to her for this haircut. Yeah. It, do some of the barbers become like kind of quasi celebrities in that sense? Oh, I think so. I, I definitely think so. I think there's a lot of opportunities for barbers to, to build their brand. Like uh, here in town, we got Cisco, who's like, in my opinion, some of the best at like fades, like you can just, in the world is, it's called like a blurry fade where you just cannot tell 
the transition it just yeah. gets down to skin to to like longer up here and it's just like how do you make that happen i don't know it's just like it blows my mind but, for him. so it, it's kind of we're, we're living in an age where you can record something that happens once and people can see it so whenever people watch you on youtube it's not eric talking it's it's robot eric yeah it's you that was uploaded with a bunch of photons and a camera and yeah, you computer. love Robot Neville. I, I love Robot Neville. Robot Neville is out there. In fact, if someone's watching this right now, you're watching Robot Neville. Yeah. Real Neville is probably doing nothing on his couch <laughs> <laughs> right now. He's just making money off of you. He's just like, ah. Exactly. I'm just raking it. Robot Neville goes out and does all the work. Real Neville goes out and enjoys the fruits of the labor, right? <laughs> so I think it's it's great that like barbers, even like something like a barber, like 30 years ago, you say like, oh, you might be a celebrity for being a barber. Yeah. Or something. It almost sounded ridiculous. Um, but now they could actually do that by recording videos and putting it out. Yeah. It's, it, it, we're living in a great time. It's really a great time. Like if you can't see the opportunity for whatever career you may be in, there's opportunity in it. I mean, like I, I just think back to uh, the dude selling like blenders, right? Mm -hmm. The blend tech blender guy who put iPhones in there. Mm -hmm. What a like a brilliant idea. And you got all these people who are just like, oh yeah, I want a $500 blender. And mm -hmm. uh, it's all because video content yeah that's I, I just i find that really really fascinating um so to expand on you like you were kind of the original ambassador for the brand yeah. right it was you then you had this crew i guess you call them beardsmen that are your ambassadors and this program seems to work pretty well one guy particularly uh you know and i say this with a staunch history of heterosexuality but Greg Brzezinski is the most handsome man I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's also like your height. Yeah. He but has, he's like 220 or something, like muscular, Greek god. Amazing. He has long Dresses flowing, really well. Yeah, yeah, long flowing hair now. I think we'll put up some images of this guy. It's it, He doesn't look real. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so- Striking so, eyes. So did you just see this guy and you're like, that guy, we need to have him like promote us or something. How did that work? How well, did the ambassador uh, program the, work? The, the story's a little bit longer than that. I- uh, in the early days, uh, was reaching out to a bunch of Instagrammers. Uh, this would have been like 2013, giving them our products. Carlos Costa was one of those guys. He's over in the UK in Bournemouth. And uh, ended up like hopping on a Skype call with him. I still remember that Skype call. And it was, I was, I, it felt like I was talking to a celebrity, like this guy, because <laughs> he's so cool as well. He's got like, he's all tatted up. He's like, again, another very handsome, attractive person, beautiful hair, beautiful beard, and uh, uh, just like really cool demeanor. Like he's like this quiet, laid back guy. And he's mm -hmm. like, yeah, man, I like your products. I like your vision. I like what you're doing. So we were able to convince him to kind of be our first like paid like influencer, right? So his first job for us was just like creating content and then establishing relationships with other people in the space because mm -hmm. he was there, he could speak the language. So he ran across Greg Brzezinski and Carlos is the person who established that relationship with Greg. And um, he got him on board. And I think it started off with just uh, Greg posting like some stuff on Instagram, but Greg really loved our products as well. So we try to find people who are like just equally as passionate about the brand, the mission and the products as we are. And then uh, if they show that, then we're like, hey man, why don't you help us make a video? And so that's the same way it worked with uh, Jeff Bond Cristiano. Uh, he was all about what we were doing at Beard Brand. We're like, hey man, why don't you come make some videos? Yeah, you know, I, I always thought that was a good idea because I, I, I don't, I want to tread, actually I don't want to tread lightly in it. It's like something, if I see an Indian guy with a good haircut, I think, oh, like I look like him. 
Yeah. Like I can have that haircut. Whereas like your haircut, you just, you have different color skin. You use different aesthetic. Yeah. And so I just think like, oh, I look like that guy. I can have that. So it's interesting to have all these brand ambassadors with like very different looks. They each have their own kind of thing going on. Oh yeah. Some so, guys uh, are all tatted and some guys are not. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, for a little bit of reference, like I never wanted beard brand to be Eric brand. Like, because mm-hmm. I also know I have like this kind of weird personality. I'm a little bit abrasive at times and uh, <laughs> a little divisive uh, in a ways that I probably shouldn't be. And uh, like, I'm just, I wanted people to be able to, to connect with the brand in different ways. So Greg's kind of like our older, he's got silver hair, you know, gray beard. And then Carlos, he's Portuguese. So he's got like the olive skin com- complexion. We have mm-hmm. tons of like people in India who follow him. In fact, his like, picture is there's billboards of him in india like all over the place <laughs> and then uh ben wilson's over in germany he's uh he's of course a black guy and um uh, has like a really curly beard and completely bald head so he's kind of like our bald guy and uh you know we all change our styles up a lot too so it allows us to create a lot of different content um, but yeah i mean i want to be able like i want beard brand to to resonate with a a wide variety of people and and to do that you've you have to build a team of a variety of people. No, I, I really like that. I mean, one thing, like I would watch the videos about like thinning hair and stuff. I'm yeah. 37, you know, he's going back a little bit, uh, going gray, all that kind of stuff. You'll have all those videos. So I've watched like a ton of those and found like a lot of value out of those. Um, your hair look, I mean, your hair looks better long. Like it, it like. For it this looks... event that happened in the world while we were all kind of hanging out at home. Yeah. I, I did shave great... it bald. I didn't like the skin look. I liked stubble and kind of bald, yeah. but I do like this more. It does. It does look good. You got good hair. I was I was growing my beard out just for this, so yeah. it's a little bit longer than normal. Keep it. Um, what is the craziest thing I could do with this beard? I want to do something wild with it, like a Fu Manchu or something where people are just like, "Bro, what what's going on here?" Yeah, I mean, like, like, like what's that haircut that goes like? <laughs> yeah, mutton chops. Yeah, yeah mutton something chops. crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you could do that. You, like the Wolverine. The Wolverine? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I could, I could do that. I think you got to grow that mustache out, man. The mustache? Yeah, grow it long. Yeah. Like shave everything, but just keep the mustache. Well, I, go so the Freddie Mercury route. I've, he was I've, a rascal. Well, I've like got, me. I've got the beard stash. I think the beard stash is the coolest style right now. Like, there's not a cooler style than the beard stash. Beard today, stash. as we record this. I, I, for the time I've known you, you've always been ahead of the curve on yeah. on style. Like, for example, you are rocking a mullet, yeah. a traditionally kind of weird thing to say. Like, a, like your mullet is so cool is what I would say if this was 1985. Right. But now it's actually like coming back in style. People are wearing that thing. Yeah, I mean, how many years ago was that? Like uh, 30, 30 years ago? Yeah, 30. So. It's coming back in style. So I, I want to follow whatever you do for a while and then I'll go back to my normal look. There you go. Yeah. Um, the, if I had to kill all of your marketing channels except one, which would you save? Yeah, YouTube, baby. YouTube. I mean, like, that's, a, that's a no-brainer. Yeah? YouTube's great. Like if anyone's not on YouTube, you're just shooting yourself in the foot like i have no idea why you would not be on youtube well i know why you wouldn't be on youtube because it's really hard but (laughs) (laughs) it's it's like the opportunity is there like they are literally paying us money to create content like even now so you started a while ago so like the cop-out is like well you started a while ago it was easy like well i mean i I started the alliance channel a year ago oh and we got 80 85 subscribers in one year fair that's, so that's i mean point. like it's it's there's still tons of opportunity now if you want to create a channel that's for the urban beardsman and you're selling beard oil it's probably going to be a lot harder than that but if you've got some kind of like innovative mission or story 
or a way of delivering content that's not out there, there's tons of opportunity out there for you. Wow. Do you, and so like, because YouTube stuff is organic traffic. Yeah. It is searched a lot. I think people come, like, I bet most people did YouTube's not YouTube's the number up, two search engine in the world. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think people spend far more time on YouTube videos than they do on, like, articles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do y'all um, do y'all do anything like you take uh, a popular article and then make a YouTube video out of it or vice versa? I mean, I think we're just producing so much content and there's only so many things you can talk about, like beard care that uh -huh. you inadvertently. <laughs> but, I mean, I just did a video that was, like, the 10 worst uh, beard styles or facial hairstyles and 10 best facial hairstyles. I did this like independently on my own. And then I'm like Googling facial hairstyles and like the beard brand article comes up of the 20 best facial hairstyles. Yep. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I, apparently we've already done some content on this. So, so that brings up a good point. There's all these things that, so me and my buddy, Noah Kagan, were talking about this. We had a, a goal to get to a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers okay. a little while ago. And did it just, work? Uh, so we're in the process. He has got a little ahead of me. I think he's like 80. I'm at like 48, 50 or something like that. He's, he's taking it far more seriously than I am. He's competitive, man. He is. Noah is ultra competitive. But what that what's good about that is like Noah's a little crazy and I'm more of like a normal person. <laughs> I had a way better childhood and everything than he did. He, so he's far more crazy, but we're a good symbiotic relationship because he pushes me to be better yeah. and I push him to be not as crazy. <laughs> so, um, but we have been doing it and there's all this advice on what you should do. So he had a team that was telling him you should stick to only making business content. And because like how to build a business, all that kind of stuff. Mm. But Noah is interested in a wide variety of things. I'm like, dude, I love hearing about all your weird experiments, all the weird stuff you do. Yeah. Like, I don't want to lose that. Do you see like, are there things that people tell you you should do, but then you want to make this random video about something that's not totally beard related, but yeah, you do I mean, it anyway? I, or? Well, and so I watched Noah's video on like his RV life and the food that he had there. Yeah. Like, it has nothing to do with building a business. <laughs> right, right. But it's... Awesome. But it's like the only piece of it, his content that I've consumed huh, uh, in a while. So, I mean, I think it's uh, in YouTube to a certain degree, like if you know what performs well on the channel, mm -hmm. go with that. Right. If you don't know, you have to try everything, you know, and try and refine and really dig into the analytics to understand what your audience wants and dig into the, the, the comments until you really have that firm grasp of what's going to perform well. Mm -hmm. um, the YouTube algorithm is always changing. So what I tell you to do today could be completely different in a month or a year or two years. So back in 2017, we went to daily content. We're producing every single day a video because YouTube wanted these like vloggers. Like they, they assume that, hey, if we get someone coming back to YouTube every single day, more people will be on YouTube. Well, what happened is all the creators ended up burning out, right? Because you yeah. can't produce content every single day. And through that burnout, they realized, oh, shit, like, we're not in a good spot if all of our creators leave the platform because they're burnt out. So they shifted the algorithm to, like, highlight content that really hits with their customers or their viewers, subscribers. So you want to have, like, content really directed towards your subscribers now. And that will be the ones that, that get more, like, growth within the platform so you can produce less content but it really has to be specific for your audience so um yeah and then who knows what it'll be like again in the future it's so what, what's your opinion on that do you do like a little bit of column a a little bit of column b like stuff you're supposed to do for the channel and then stuff that you like doing because it's fun well well the, the the question is like how many people could noah get subscribing to him just talking about business content the answer might be not a lot 
And the question becomes like, if he's trying to get to a hundred thousand, he's got to broaden that content. So something a little more, more appealable to like mainstream. So like, if you think about business content, a perfect example is Shark Tank. That's business content, right? They talk about business, but they've created it in a format that is, you know, uh, what's that word? Palatable to yeah. the general public where they can get into like whole business and deals and VCs and investments and entrepreneurship. So the hard part is like you figuring out a creative way to be able to have something you're passionate about resonate with everyone, uh, with the general public. Nice. So I, I think in show business, there's like a term, like one for them, one for me, where like an actor will make like a big action film yeah, that, yeah. that's clearly going to like kill it in the box office. And then they'll make some like weird indie film that no one will ever see, but they as an actor want to do it. Yeah. Do you think that would be like a proper way to think like one for them, one for me? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like why we have two channels, you know, cause like oh. the Alliance channel is like the, the channel for us. Like we never created beard brand with the idea of becoming like the top barbering channel on YouTube. It's always been about our mission and, you know, that self-improvement, kind of that mental stuff. And that's what's on the Beard Brand Alliance. Mm-hmm. Well, as the channel grew, we, we chased the analytics so much that our channel became about barbershop videos. And uh, we love barbershop videos and it's a big part of our business, but it's not like our, our core root and our passion, but the one for us, you know? So like the barbershop channel ends up being that that one for for them. And then the Alliance channel is one for us. I, I've noticed that too. I mean, we do a lot of content, right? different companies, our own company. And when we, uh, we definitely chase the analytics a little bit, but I noticed there's, there's like a piece of my soul that dies a little that like, we have to write like another copywriting article, yeah. right? There's only so many ways you can, you can say some of this stuff before it gets a little bit Dude, redundant. Let me tell you. So how many videos do you think you can make about beards? <laughs> I mean, I think the the barbershop videos are almost yeah. unlimited, but right. they're unlimited, but the, the, the number of videos ones? you can make about beards is one. Like, how do you grow a beard? You just give it time. And like, that's it. So anyways, like we figured out how to like, you know, like really suck all the gold out of the mind. And I got to the point uh, probably in February of this year where I'm just like, I'm like creatively burnt out. I have to talk about beards and growing beards out and caring for beards. Like I love it. But like when you've talked about it like 10 different times already. So I started, what I did was I kind of kept the content the same, but I changed my style up completely mm-hmm. so like my delivery style this year has been a little more like off the wall a little more flamboyant and some people hate it like they're just like what's going on are you drunk and it's just <laughs> like you know like i'm like literally like i got bored of delivering the content the same way the only the only way i'm producing content now is if i put flair into it if i put on a little show and uh, sometimes you got to do that you know like it's either that or there's no content at all because I'm just too burnt out on it. Cool. Well, I think that's a, a, a good natural conclusion for this podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, where can people find your stuff, buy all your stuff, check it out? Yeah, the best decision you can make right now, do it or do that. You know, like our, our products don't have any kind of anatomy detection on it. So they mm. don't know if you're a boy or a girl. <laughs> anatomy detection. That's amazing. <laughs> they, 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 they don't know if you have a beard or not. We got products for, from your head to toe. Buy, buy something for yourself. That's the best thing you can do. It will like make your life so much better. And then you'll see all of our content. You'll see our email marketing, our post-purchase flow. You'll see like how we communicate, how we uh, deliver information, how we, and it, it's a great experience. And then I'm the only Eric Banholtz around. So just Google me. Twitter's the best one, but uh, Eric Banholtz, that's my name. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. This has been the uh, Copywriting Course I don't know, podcast, video, whatever this is. Thanks for joining, man. Yeah, Appreciate thanks for it. having me on. It's one. been fun.